Welcome to Screen Dive. We review and analyze films and TV shows that we find interesting. Today's episode is about 2018's crime thriller Ratsasam. Enjoy. Ratsasam is a 2018 Tamil thriller that centers around the investigation of a serial killer who specializes in killing teenage girls. The movie is shown from the perspective of a freshly joined cop played by Vishnu Vishal. I don't usually watch Tamil films, but this one left a very stark impression on me. The actors are top-notch in this grounded thriller, especially the lead who plays an idealistic and intelligent individual with a conscience. His underdog persona has us rooting for him in no time. A perfect casting, Vishnu is magnificent in playing the man who sees the world with gentle eyes but treats the wrongdoing with an unending punishing fury in many movies nowadays the music has a background role to serve as a shy and reserved butler just serving the needs of the story from a corner not in this one gibran creates an imposing eerie and in your face music that demands and receives its respect as an equal player among storytelling apparatus it conveys fear anxiety alarm and so much more It is so effective that large parts of the film are dialogue free with only the music playing and characters are seen on screen without any dialogues a worthy achievement that is if the music alone is enough to keep scenes entertaining the movie lives up to the genre of a thriller with all the departments of the movie firing on all cylinders well that is until the movie reaches the last 25% of its runtime as much as i love the clever filmmaking the excellent acting the magnificent music of this film Never have I seen such an entertaining movie become so increasingly stupid in a such a short time. The problem is that the movie has four acts instead of three. I will talk more about that later. For now, let's talk about the clever choices the filmmakers have made in this movie. Director Ram Kumar takes painstaking efforts in creating the most essential component of any thriller: setups and payoffs, and succeeds in it with flying colors. Because of this tool, numerous twists in the movie feel justified. Defying the expectations of the audience is earned, and everything we see in the movie has a purpose. Vishnu Vishal excels as this gentle, witty, and endearing protagonist who wants nothing but to have his film about serial killers made. He goes on to create a huge database of countless real-life murder cases as research for his film. The walls of his rooms and scrapbooks are filled with details of murders by serial killers. However, he is rejected by all the financiers for his film due to various reasons ranging from budget to different visions for the movie. Due to mounting pressure to support his family, he eventually gives up and joins the police force to make ends meet for his family. This information serves not only to make Arun an underdog for us to care about, but it behaves as a giant setup for a lot of things. It organically shows the natural aptitude possessed by Arun in the matters of unusual homicides. It also functions as a supplement for his already keen and observational attitude. His research also finally pays off when he recognizes the killer's origin from one of the past cases he had studied during his research. All of this makes the movie and characters feel as a natural progression of events rather than deliberately constructed disjointed moments. One of the most elegant uses of such a setup device in this movie is the signature. In a scene of light comedy, Arun helps his 15-year-old niece Amu 
by forging her father's signature on a report card. It is to hide her poor performance in school. This launches a delightful scene in which Arun has to pretend to be Ammu's father in front of the female lead of the movie Vijayalakshmi. It is one of the finest meet-cute scenes and feels very genuine, a random encounter of people meeting naturally. This helps us buy the slow progression of romance between the leads, unlike so many forced and fake romances of many other films I have seen. The signature forging ability of Arun comes into play much later when he has to provide an order to a radio station to obtain information on the music played by the killer. However, he cannot, on account of his suspension from the police force in the third act. He cannot give the order unless it is signed by his superiors. But suddenly, we see the order being signed in the next shot. The camera zooms out and we see that it is not any superior signing the order, but Arun himself. At this point, the signature forging scene would have felt just okay. But as we have seen Arun executing a forgery before, the audience feels delighted as this presents itself as an event that was inevitable and something we should have seen coming, but we did not. The movie planted the antagonist in the narrative very cleverly as the magician who visits the school and thereby chooses his victims. We never think of suspecting the magician because the film provides us with a despicable man to hate and convincing potential candidate as the killer. The middle-aged, student-hating, cruel mathematics teacher who preys upon the helplessness of teenage girls. He made me vehemently believe that he is, or he should be, the killer who gets nailed in the end. We feel hate for this man and genuinely wish him to be the primary antagonist. At a certain point in the film, there is an operatic scene, starting from the cruel actions of the teacher towards the girl, alone in the classroom, and ending with both entering the school function separately. We are so deep in this hate fest for this pathetic creature of a man that we don't pay attention to the actual antagonist being introduced in front of us right then and there. The magician in the school event, hiding in plain sight. The movie earns the subversion that the killer isn't who we thought he was by planting the right clues. The first act starts from the beginning of the movie to the point the mathematics teacher is introduced. The second act continues from there to Amun's death and how the family deals with it. And the third act starts from that point until the point Arun almost catches the antagonist after he is tracked down by the GPS signal of the kidnapped girl's phone. The villain should have been caught right then and there. The filmmakers decided to take us on a flashback, chronicling the entire life story of this killer Christopher after the third act has ended. The flashback is not shown through the perspective of Christopher himself, but narrated by a newly introduced random policeman from another city. This feels very out of place because this is new information introduced much later in the movie. By the end of any movie, we want resolutions of the past mysteries, not figure out new ones. An epilogue could have showed the reasons and psychology of Christopher, delivered by Christopher himself when he is in custody. However, that too would have been unnecessary. We wouldn't have bothered about it because the story was front and center from the perspective of Arun. Nothing personal about the killer was set up in the first or second act. One should never add new major information in a third act in a three-act structure. The film, in its last quarter, not only becomes progressively incredulous, but also exhibits the elements of a cheap fantasy movie, as Christopher becomes a man with superhuman abilities, at one point executing real card magic, much like Gambit from X-Men. Director Ram Kumar has placed a line right in the beginning of the movie, as Arun talks with a potential financer for his film, where the financer tells him, do one thing, during the climax, place a chase and a fight scene. The movie should look commercial. 
If studio interference was indeed responsible for this fourth act mess, it was a nice wing by Ram Kumar. Overall, Ratsasan would have proved to be a perfect, very competent and skillfully balanced thrill ride with special attention given to characters, plot and cinematic choices had the movie ended in its third act.